I would like to dedicate this book to Lorraine, or shall I say, to Rainy. Magic Treehouse number eight, Midnight on the Moon by Mary Pope Osborne. Chapter one, by Moonlight. Jack, whispered a voice. Jack opened his eyes. He saw a figure in the moonlight. Wake up, get dressed. It was his sister, Annie. Jack turned on his lamp. He rubbed his eyes. Annie was standing beside his bed. She wore jeans and a sweatshirt. Let's go to the treehouse, she said. What time is it? asked Jack. He put on his glasses. Don't look at your clock, said Annie. Jack looked at his clock. Oh, man, he said. It's midnight. It's too dark. No, it isn't. The moon makes it bright enough to see, said Annie. Wait till morning, said Jack. No, now, said Annie. We have to find the fourth M thing. I have a feeling that the full moon might help us. That's nuts, said Jack. I want to sleep. You can sleep when we come back home, said Annie. No time will have passed. Jack sighed. Oh, brother, he said, but he got out of bed. Yay, whispered Annie. Meet you at the back door. She tiptoed out of Jack's room. Jack yawned. He pulled on his jeans and sneakers and a sweatshirt. He put his notebook and pencil into his backpack. Then he crept down the stairs. Annie opened the back door. Quietly, they stepped outside. Wait, said Jack. We need a flashlight. No, we don't. I told you, the moon will light our way, said Annie, and she took off. Jack sighed, then followed her. Annie was right, thought Jack. The moon was so bright that he could see a shadow. Everything seemed washed with silver. Soon they left their street. Annie led the way into the Frog Creek woods. It was much darker under the shadows of the trees. Jack looked up, searching for the treehouse. There, said Annie. The magic treehouse was shining in the moonlight. Annie grabbed the rope ladder and started climbing up. Careful, go slowly, said Jack. He followed her up the ladder and into the treehouse. Moonlight streamed through the window. It shone on the letter M that shimmered on the wooden floor. It shone on the three M things that rested on the M. A moonstone from the time of the ninjas, a mango from the Amazon rainforest, and a mammoth bone from the Ice Age. We need just one more M thing, said Annie, to free Morgan from her spell. Squeak! Peanut! said Annie. In the dim light, Jack saw a tiny mouse. She sat on an open book. You didn't expect to see us this late, did you? said Annie. She picked up Peanut, and Jack picked up the open book. So where are we going this time? Annie asked him. Jack held the book up to the moonlight. Uh-uh, he said. I knew we should have brought a flashlight. I can't read a thing. He could make out diagrams and shadowy pictures, but he couldn't read a word. Look at the cover, said Annie. The letters were bigger on the cover. Jack squinted at them. It's called Hello Moon, he said. Annie gasped. We're going to the moon? Of course not, said Jack. It's impossible to go to the moon without tons of equipment. Why? There's no air. We couldn't breathe. Not only that, we'd boil to death if it was day and freeze to death if it was night. Yikes, said Annie. So where do you think we are going? Maybe a place where people train to be astronauts, said Jack. That sounds neat, said Annie. Yeah, said Jack. He'd always wanted to meet astronauts and space scientists. So say the wish, said Annie. Jack opened the book again. He pointed to a picture of a dome-shaped structure. I wish we could go there, he said. The wind started to blow. 
the treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster and faster. Then everything was silent. Absolutely silent. As quiet and still as silence could be. Chapter 2, Space Motel. Jack opened his eyes. He looked out the window. The treehouse had landed inside a large white room. What kind of training place is this? asked Annie. I don't know, said Jack. The room was round. It had no windows. It had white floors and a curved wall lit by bright lights. Hello, Annie called. There was no answer. Where were all the astronauts and space scientists? Jack wondered. There's nobody here, said Annie. How do you know, said Jack. I just feel it, said Annie. We'd better find out where we are, said Jack. He looked at the page in the moon book. He read the words below the picture of the dome. A moon base was built on the moon in the year 2031. The top of the dome slides open to let spacecrafts enter and leave. Oh, man, Jack whispered. What's wrong, said Annie. Jack's heart pounded with excitement. He could hardly speak. We've landed inside a moon base, he said. So, said Annie. So the moon base is on the moon, said Jack. Annie's eyes widened. We're on the moon, she asked. Jack nodded. The book says the moon base was built in the year 2031, he said. So this book was written after that, which means this book is from the future. Oh, wow, said Annie. Morgan must have gone forward in time to borrow it from a future library. Right, said Jack. And now we're in the future on the moon. Squeak, squeak. Annie and Jack looked at Peanut. The mouse was running around in circles. Poor Peanut, said Annie. She tried to pick the mouse up, but Peanut hid behind the mango on the letter M. Maybe she's nervous about being on the moon, said Annie. She's not the only one, said Jack. He let out a deep breath. Then he pushed his glasses into place. So what's a moon base, asked Annie. Jack looked at the book. He read aloud. When scientists visit the moon for short periods, they eat and sleep in the moon base. A space motel, said Annie. I guess, said Jack. He read more. The small base has a landing chamber and a room for storing spacesuits. Air and temperature controls make breathing possible. So that's why we can breathe, Jack said. Let's explore, said Annie. We have to find the fourth thing for Morgan. No, first we should study this map, said Jack. He pulled out his notebook. You study it, said Annie. Jack copied the map. Then he drew in the treehouse. Okay, he said. He pointed at the X in his drawing. We're here. Jack looked up. Annie was gone. Oh, brother, Jack said. As usual, she had left without him before they could even make a plan. Jack put the moon book and pencil into his pack. Carrying his notebook and backpack, he started out the window. Squeak! Squeak! Jack looked back at Peanut. The mouse was running back and forth on the M. Stay here and be safe, said Jack. We'll be back soon. Jack swung himself over the windowsill. His feet touched the floor of the landing chamber. Annie! He called. There was no answer. Jack looked at his diagram. It showed only one way to go. Jack walked along the curved white wall to the stairs. He climbed the steps to a hallway. Jack, hurry! Annie was at the end of the hallway, standing in the airlock. She peered out a window in a giant door. Jack hurried toward her. Annie stepped aside so he could look out the window too. Oh, man, said Jack. 
what he saw took his breath away. He stared at a rocky gray land. The land was filled with giant craters and tall mountains. The sun was shining, but the sky was ink black. Say hi to the moon, Annie said softly. Chapter three, open sesame. The fourth M thing must be out there, said Annie. Beside the door was a button with the word open on it. Annie reached for the button. Wait, Jack grabbed her hand. There's no air on the moon, remember? Oh, right. But we have to go out to find the M thing. Let's see what the book says, says Jack. He pulled the book out of his pack. He flipped through it until he found a page that showed the surface of the moon. He read aloud. It takes 14 Earth days to equal one day on the moon. No air protects the moon from the sun's rays, so daytime heat reaches 260 degrees. Jack looked at Annie. I told you our blood would boil if we went out there, he said. Yuck, she said. Jack read from the book again. Moon scientists wear spacesuits which have controls to keep them from getting too hot or too cold. They have tanks which provide air for two hours. Where do we get spacesuits? asked Annie. She looked around then trotted back down the hall. Maybe there. Jack was studying his map. Let's try the spacesuit storeroom. Don't look at the map, said Annie. Look at the real room. Jack glanced up. Annie was peering through a doorway off the hall. There's a ton of space stuff in here, she said. Jack went to look. Bulky white suits hung from hangers. Air tanks, helmets, gloves, and boots sat in neat rows on shelves. Wow, it's like the armor room in a castle, said Jack. Yeah, with huge armor, said Annie. Let's pick out the smallest stuff, said Jack. The suits can go over our clothes. Annie found the smallest white suit, and Jack found the next smallest. They stepped into them. Then Annie locked Jack's air tank into place. Thanks, he said, and he did the same for her. Thanks, she said. Gloves, said Jack. He and Annie pulled on white gloves. Boots, said Annie. They each pulled on a pair of huge white boots. Helmets, said Jack. He reached for a helmet. Wow, they're pretty light, he said. I thought they'd be like the knight's helmets. Jack and Annie put the helmets on. They locked each other's into place. I can't move my head right or left, said Annie. Me neither, said Jack. Let's try walking. Jack and Annie moved clumsily around the room. Jack felt like a fat snowman. Close your visor, said Annie. They both closed their see-through visors. Cool air filled Jack's helmet. I can breathe, Annie yelled. Her voice boomed in Jack's ears. Ow, talk quietly, Jack said. We have two-way radios inside our helmets. Sorry, whispered Annie. Jack put the moon book back in his pack. Then he slung the pack over his shoulder. Okay, he said. Remember, we only have two hours of air in our tanks. So we need to find the fourth M thing really fast. I hope we can find it, said Annie. Me too, said Jack. He knew they could not go home until they did. Let's go, said Annie. She gave Jack a little push. Watch it. No goofing off, he said. We don't want to fall over in these suits. Just go. Go, said Annie. She pushed him out of the room. They walked back to the airlock. Ready, said Annie. Open sesame. She pressed the open button. A door slowly slid closed behind them. A door opened in front of them. And Jack and Annie stepped out onto the moon. Chapter four, Moon Rabbits. Oh, wow, said Annie. She took a step forward. 
but Jack stood frozen. He wanted to get a good look at everything first. He stared at the ground. He was standing in a layer of gray dust as fine as powder. Footprints were everywhere. Jack wondered who had made them. He reached into his pack for the moon book. To his surprise, it was as light as a feather. He found a picture of footprints on the moon. He read, The moon has no rain or wind to blow the dust around, so footprints will never wear away naturally, not even in a billion years. Oh, man, Jack said. The moon was the stillest place he had ever, ever been. It was as still as a picture, and its stillness would never, ever end. Jack stared at the ink-black sky. A lovely blue and white ball glowed far away. Earth, for the first time, it really hit Jack. They were in outer space. Look, Annie cried, laughing. She bounded past Jack, almost flying through the air. She landed on her feet, then she jumped again. I'm a moon rabbit, she called. Jack laughed. How does she do that, he wondered. He turned a page and read. A person weighs less on the moon because of the moon's low gravity and lack of air. If you weigh 60 pounds on Earth, you would only weigh 10 pounds on the moon. Don't just stand there reading, said Annie, grabbing the book from Jack's gloved hand. She tossed it into space. It flew far away. Jack started after it. He bounded up and down. Boing, boing, boing. Now he felt as light as a feather. Look, he called to Annie. I'm a moon rabbit too. Where Jack's boots hit the ground, moon dust gracefully sprayed into space. The book had landed at the edge of a shallow crater. When Jack reached it, he tried to stop, but his feet slipped. He fell right over and lay on his side. He tried to stand, but he was off balance. He tried again, but the dust was just too deep, and his spacesuit was too clumsy. You okay? asked Annie. I can't get up, said Jack. You shouldn't have been goofing off, said Annie wisely. You goofed off first, said Jack. Now help me up, please. Annie started toward him. Don't fall too, warned Jack. I won't. Annie moved very slowly. She half floated, half walked. Give me your hand, she said. Annie grabbed Jack's hand. She pressed her boot against his and pulled him up. Thanks, he said. No problem, she said. It was easy. You were really light. Thank goodness, said Jack. It's impossible to get up alone. He picked up the moon book. It was covered with dust. He brushed it off. Oh, wow, look, said Annie. She stood at the edge of the crater. What is it, said Jack. A moon buggy, said Annie. The buggy was parked in the crater. It had four huge wheels. Let's go for a ride, said Annie. We can't, said Jack. We just have two hours of air in our tanks, remember? I bet we'll find the M thing faster if we take the moon buggy. Annie bounded into the crater. But we can't drive, said Jack. I bet I can drive this, said Annie. It looks easy. Come on. She jumped into the driver's seat. But you don't have a license, said Jack. Who cares, said Annie. There aren't any roads on the moon or stoplights or policemen either. She was right, Jack thought. Well, go slow, he said, and he climbed in beside her. Annie pushed a button labeled on. The moon buggy lurched backwards. Yikes, said Annie. Step on the brake, said Jack. Annie pressed a pedal on the floor. The buggy stopped with a jerk. Whew, she said. It must be in reverse, said Jack. Let me study this. But before he could study anything, Annie pushed another button. The buggy tilted back. 
its front wheels started to rise in the air. Let me out of here, said Jack, and he pushed more buttons. The buggy's front wheels landed back on the ground, and the buggy leaped forward. Slower, said Jack. I can't, said Annie. I don't know how. Annie steered the buggy over the tracks on the ground. The wide wheels kept it from sinking into the deep dust. Careful, said Jack. The buggy zoomed out of the crater. Gray clouds of dust rose behind them as they took off across the moon. Chapter 5, Hang On. Annie drove the moon buggy over bumps and hollows. It bucked like a bronco. I'm going through there, she pointed to an opening between two mountains. Jack held on to the dashboard. The buggy bumped toward the opening and shot through. On the other side, the ground was even rockier. Look for the fourth M thing, said Annie, bouncing up and down. Jack groaned. Looking for anything on this wild wide was impossible. Slow down, he said. How? Try pressing on the brake pedal, on the floor, slowly. Annie pressed on the brake. The buggy slowed down. Jack sighed with relief. The ride was still bumpy, but now, at least, he could take a good look at the moon. He had never been to such a colorless, barren place. There was no green, no blue, no red, no water, no trees, no clouds, only giant gray rocks and craters and an American flag. Oh, man, said Jack. That's from the first astronauts who landed on the moon. And look, a telescope, said Annie. She drove near the flag and telescope. Then she put her foot on the brake until the buggy stopped. She pressed a button that said off. Then she and Jack hopped out. They took slow, giant steps to the site of the first moon landing. Beside the flag was a sign. Annie read it aloud. Here men from the planet Earth first set foot upon the moon. July 1969 AD. We came in peace for all mankind. That's a good message said Jack. He handed the book to Annie. Then he took out his notebook and pencil to copy the sign. Let's leave our own message, said Annie. What should we say, said Jack. The same thing, said Annie, but say we are the first kids. Jack turned to a new page in his notebook. In big letters, he wrote their message. Now we have to sign it, Annie said. Jack signed his name. Then he passed the notebook and pencil to Annie. She signed her name and passed the notebook back. Jack tore out the piece of paper. He put it by the flag. Today, the first kids from the planet Earth came to the moon. We came in peace for all children. Jack, Annie. No wind would ever blow the message away. No rain would ever fall on it. It would be there forever unless someone moved it. Thinking of forever made Jack feel dizzy. He shook his head to clear his thoughts. Then he remembered the time. Had two hours passed yet? I wish I had a watch, he said, standing up. We might be running out of time. Oh, wow, a moon man, said Annie. What? Jack turned to look at her. She was staring through the telescope. Jack walked over to the telescope. Annie stepped aside so he could look too. Jack gasped. In the distance, something was flying above the ground. It looked like a giant man in a spacesuit. <laughs>